Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. Join producer and co-host, Alex Wong. What's going on, man? What's up, man? You, like me, just waiting for the trade deadline? 100%, yeah. On Thursday? Yeah. I feel like we're just in this holding pattern, but... I wonder what Here we're going to we talk are. about today, man. Is it going to be uh, more trade deadline stuff? I mean, probably, yeah. Yeah, there was a earth-shattering trade mm. over the weekend, and we can talk about that. Lots of um, lots of Raptors. Actually, a lot, not a lot of Raptors news. There are a couple items here and there. And um, but yeah, you know, the Raptors won two games on the weekend. Hey, <laughs> you know, aren't you, you excited? Seem thrilled. Aren't you excited? Battling back from slow starts against Houston and Memphis. Memphis, by the way, one and nine or one and eight in their last nine games, and also yeah. pointing without... la- pointing lasers at people. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Um. <laughs> man, well, I guess we'll touch on that later. But uh, no, no John Moran as well. No Dylan Brooks who was suspended yeah. due to fighting. No Stephen Adams. No Stephen Adams out with injury. The I big mean, Kiwi. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I suppose it was good to see the Raptors sort of like overcome those slow starts. I didn't like how they just like came out so flat both games. Right. You know, like the fact that you had to call the first time out against Houston because you're down like fourteen to two mm-hmm. is just really tough. And then you do the same thing the next game out against a Grizzlies team where you know exactly where the dangerous spots are going to be with Desmond Bain, um, Santi Aldama. Well, yeah. okay, that one you probably couldn't have foreseen <laughs> That's coming. My guy. Man. Yeah. He, you know, he has a lot of confidence for a guy who's who's not that yeah. good. But um, even David Roddy, sure, there's a okay. lot of guys yesterday. I'm, I'm good. I'm good <laughs> on some of those players, man. Yeah, set up good in the East. Um, but yeah, like you know, they 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 got off to a really slow start, mm-hmm. and I think that for for me watching them, like the starting group, I think really is starting to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. It's very concerning to me that Pascal is looking the way he's looking right now. Um, you know, Fred's had to sort of take over, but we know what it looks like when Fred takes over, right? It's kind of, it's really hit or miss. It's literally you're living and dying off of him hitting or missing. Mm-hmm. Um, your shooting has really taken a hit now with OG out. And so you really had to like scrap and claw through these games. And and that's where you got to really credit some of the bench guys, right? I thought Chris Boucher was really good on like four or five of the games on this road trip. Um, and, and he definitely was a key piece in turning around against Memphis, a key piece in turning around against Houston. Did the same thing against the, the Utah Jazz as well. The Raptors just didn't close out that game. Um, so you really needed a lot of contributions off your bench. And then, of course, you know, we finally got, like, one nice little takeaway moment for the trip. I mean, I suppose the Sacramento game was actually really good, mm-hmm. um, but that feels like so long ago. Um, but to end off on the trip, uh, they ended off on a high. Scotty Barnes with 13 of his 16 points in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, takeover kind of performance. And, um, yeah, you know, it, 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 if nothing else, you can at least be hype over, you know, Scotty showing once again that he can take over in the fourth. Yeah, 13 points, you know, six of seven from the field. Obviously, two huge baskets in the final minute, including that jump hook over Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J. By the way, his nickname on basketball reference is the Block Panther. That's Are we not? No, yeah, we're not okay with that one. Uh, Anything but Triple J, man. Triple J, yeah. Triple J, it's just, I don't know why it's so annoying to me. Um, what, 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 what if you called him the set? <laughs> Is that what we're calling him? Because he's Trip Jack. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, okay, I like the Block right. Panther, but you didn't have a very good reaction to it. That's yeah, fine. I, but never, yes. I never heard anyone say that to him, ever. I mean, we watched the entire <laughs> game last night. No one like said a single Kevin thing Kevin Harlan that. saying that on, like, a national game. Yeah, well. The Block Panther. Uh, yeah, Scotty taking over. Mm. You know, it was a nice fourth quarter from the Raptors. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, making that comeback. 
which you you rarely see. You know, you see them having these. No, but it's true though, right? Oh, like there's been all these jokes about, you know, the NBA, the NFL being scripted. Like the Raptors have been scripted to a T this season mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of the things that you expect to see from them. Well, I- and on this road trip, you saw that a lot, but they were... I mean, I guess if you pick and choose, like the, the Sacramento win was nice. Mm-hmm. No, mean, that was genuinely like yeah. one of their nicest games of Portland, the season. Portland, they jumped out to a really convincing lead, able to get that done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Houston game was just miserable. Oh, that was <laughs> like were that you was were such you a reevaluating some things? Like just like you know, damn. Like, Good night, Houston. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I by the way, get wait. well soon, Devlin. That's right. Get well soon. Uh, get Devlin. well soon, Devlin. But that was a that was a miserable game. Um, that they were able to, you know. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, aside from the, the the notes that I take on every game from ten things, I, I've forgotten about that Houston game. Yeah. But I do remember some like small moments from it that were just very frustrating, like the fact that the first possession of the game, Deshaun Nix walks straight to the basket for mm-hmm. a layup, no help uh, uh, yeah. on on the layup, or you know, Kenya Martin Jr. dunking the ball repeatedly, or you know, I, I don't even understand how what Delano Banton was trying to accomplish in some of those minutes. Not to single him out because he literally only played two, but he made five mistakes. Mm. Like he literally made a mistake on every single possession that he was involved in, offensively or defensively. So that game was ugly, but the Raptors were able to pull through. I mean, the Memphis game was, like, if we're going to be honest about it, it was also, like, a, a true struggle, and it really shouldn't mm. have been like that. But, you know, I, I think they did at least fight through. I mean, the fact that they're on the seventh, game of the road trip and all the rumors are that you know the team is going to be disbanded and all this other stuff like mm. i'm sure it wasn't easy to play through that so it's on the human perspective the fact that they came together and, and won in the end am i selling you on this win or no no, no i mean yeah do, do, you, do you buy that is there something to that i guess just at this point it's just given the body of work and just haven't seen any consistency this season it's hard to get excited about any of these wins. Yeah. That's like, not- even yesterday, you're watching them in the first half, and you're like, you know, where's where's the defensive intensity? Like, None. once again, like, yeah. you know, it, this is another team kind of going back to that Minnesota game that is not at full strength, like a game that you should just take. Yeah. And again, they just decide to just, you know, have a track meet. And, you know. Oh, but yes, the Scotty thing is a positive. No, so, I mean, let's not downplay that, right? Absolutely, like, absolutely. Uh, I think, and I think it's also just good to see the Raptors like win a close <laughs> really game finally. With this Raptors thing again. Um, I, I'm trying my best here. Uh, Scotty Barnes. Yeah, that's one of the most positive parts of the entire season. Is Serge Ibaka saying that? No, but seriously, the Raptors have like just a painful record with close games, as we know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of most losses in the season. In, in games that are clutch games. Because we're not talking... Because, like, there's teams like Houston that just get blown out all the time, mm. right? Um, Charlotte has 21 losses in, in, in crunch time. Utah has 20. <laughs> they have 21. Yeah. <laughs> OKC has 19. Um, okay. And then Toronto, Houston, and Washington are all tied with 18 each, yeah. right? So, like, we know the Raptors are not, like, one of the five worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess, theoretically, they're, they're not too far They're off. right there. And but that's s- one of the main reasons is they haven't been able to win close games. So, at least they were able to see that, you know... Uh, a close result go in their favor against Memphis. Um, that's about it for positivity. I'm trying my best here, man. The weather's yeah. cleared up, on, uh, you know, in Toronto. It's no longer minus 20. It's just minus three. Yeah, I think the sun is out today. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to bring some positivity. But Asian dad. That's, this is yeah. where it ends for me. Um, um, you, you just wrote your 10 things for, I guess, for this. Is it for this road trip or for this past week? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, yeah. there, there has been less of a desire on my part to write Which 10 is things after some of these fair. games. I don't think anyone wanted to see 10 things from Raptors Rockets, for example. Yeah. 
Um, I don't even think people really want to see 10 things from Raptors Grizzlies. And so I took your advice finally, which was just to like write one column My at the end of the week. My advice is always do less. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I did. So I dropped a, a cool 2,500 yeah. word, uh, 10 things on the editors. So you know, to them, I apologize. But, you know. Any, anything from those things that you want to you wanna bring to the table? Because, okay, like let's just look at it overall. Like sure. we know that the Raptors are in the position that they're in. They're still 12th in the East. 25 and 30, they've got this five-game homestand coming up. There's only one game left mm-hmm. uh, until the trade deadline. And I don't think, I think going into the seven-game road trip, like, I don't know if anything was ever going to change where this team was at, right? Like, in terms of heading into the yeah. deadline? I mean, I, I think there's maybe an alternate universe where OG doesn't get injured and okay. the Raptors go 6-1 and one on this road trip. And I know that sounds like such a big if, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, of course, if we flip some games, you might look better. But if you look at it, that game against Phoenix where they lost by one possession mm-hmm. and Mikel Bridges is going off, you're telling me OJ Anobi in that game instead of like Wancho, instead of like Thad Young, instead of whoever mm. wouldn't have changed that game. Of course that one changes for me, right? That one's undeniable to me. The Utah game, OG would have been in to guard Laurie Markkinen who was able to get at uh, Pascal repeatedly. Pascal looks like he's just, his, his legs are so gone over the course of this road trip. He just looks exhausted. Mm-hmm. But you you change up those two aspects. And again, that, that Utah game was also last possession kind of game. Mm-hmm. You know, you really could have finished this road trip 6-1. and one. However, even if they did, I wouldn't be super thrilled about the fact that they did that, right? Like, who, which were the marquee wins that you were able to sort of like, you know, hang your hat on last season? I thought they were able to, what, beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They were able to really compete with Phoenix, which at that time was like a 60-win team. Um you know, they were at the beat Phoenix as well. They were with that triple overtime game against yeah, Miami, Miami, right? They had they they played they beat Philly a couple times as well. Mm-hmm. Like there were so many games where you're like, okay, if we really focus on the positives, these are the big wins mm-hmm. that we were able to capture. And I just don't really see that for the Raptors. Even the, the opportunity wasn't even there over the course of this seven game road trip. Maybe if you went into Golden State and did something, but Golden State just so thoroughly dismantled the Raptors. And I think when you think, and and my point number two in the ten things that I wrote about this road trip. Point two was just, like, how much the Raptors don't look like a team that plays together. Like, yep. the talent already is what it is, and, like, you know, they're going to need to really be cohesive to overcome some of their talent shortcomings because they rarely have the best player on the court. But they don't even play together as a team a lot of the times. What made the Sacramento game stand out for me in the road trip was how much they helped each other on defense, right? There were plays, especially in that third quarter, where, and I described it at that time two weeks ago, it was like OG was helping for Pascal and Fred was pa- helping for OG and Scotty was there and Pascal was there and they were walling off the paint against Darren Fox's drives and they're getting back early in transition and they were showing different looks against Sabonis and it was looking great. It's like, okay, that's what a team that plays together looks like. But you also saw like so many moments of disharmony over the course of this trip. Even last alone, there was a play where, you know, Chris Boucher cut and Chris was having a good game. And whatever, nobody ever feeds Chris Boucher in the post, but he literally has Tyus Jones on him. Oh, this is when he was throwing his hands up. There was a full foot on height difference, Mm. and he cut through the lane. Fred decided not to pass to him, held Mm. on to the ball, and shot a contested three. And after not receiving the pass, you could literally see Chris Boucher jumping up and down Mm. in frustration. You know what I mean? And you see a lot of, like, guys throwing their hands up. Right, you saw Fred yelling at Christian Coloco after a missed mm. defensive rotation in this road trip. You saw how many times did Gary not make the right pass in 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 transition? Mm. And to me, it was like, okay, it's kind of funny that he didn't hit it ahead to Malachi at the end of that Houston Rockets game, and instead he held on to the free throw <laughs> instead of giving Malachi the open layup mm. because that didn't really matter. The Raptors were up six, and whether he goes to the free throw line and he's an eighty five percent free throw shooter and knocks down two free throws, or he gives it up to Malachi who scores a guaranteed one hundred percent layup. 
that doesn't matter. That the outcome of the game doesn't change. But to me, it's like that's less funny when it happens against uh, Phoenix and he doesn't pass to Pascal on two fast breaks and they lose that game by one possession, right? Mm-hmm. And so you see these moments where they don't really play together. You see the lack of help defense. Um, most prominently, you see that issue with Golden State. Both times Raptors play Golden State, they've given up like 126 and 130 points. And the reason that it that, that issue appears the most with Golden State is because they're the best passing team in the league. They're moving, they're cutting. You really need to communicate and and switch and and track all these the shooters and all that kind of stuff. It looks so bad against Golden State because the Raptors generally have a bad problem that just really magnifies it. And so when they don't play as a team, you really, really do see a lot of the flaws and the issues. And listen, like guys can play better. Like Fred has really elevated his play over the course of the road trip, or you know Chris Boucher, for example, has come off strong in the road trip. But that only masks it to some degree, right? If they don't play as a team, like you're just not going to see this group ever get to the potential that it's uh, that it has. Yeah, no, I think I think the connectivity and all of that has just been a huge issue this season. And I don't think anything about the record on this road trip has has changed anything about that. I think no, all the things no. that you point out about it, right? No, it was a chore to watch some of these. Yeah, games. Yeah, and it's. I know we've been talking about trade rumors for like weeks now and stuff, but it, there is a part that's a, it's just a little disheartening to realize that like, you know, this group is just not able to get it together. Well, they're just not really choosing to commit to each mm-hmm. other in that same way. And that's the part to me that's like the lingering impression on this entire season. When people ask me like five, six years down the line, hey, what happened with that Raptors team? Mm-hmm. They were coming out of the 48-win season. They had all these, they had the rookie of the year. They had Precious who was coming into his own. Pascal's going to be healthy for the whole year. And Fred's going to help, you know, all this other stuff. OG might take a leap, you know. Um, they added Otto Porter, which uh, at that time looked oh, like a man. good idea. But it was like, what what happened to that team and why do they ultimately fall apart and why do they ultimately move some players to the deadline? My whole thing is just it's one of those seasons where they just couldn't gel as a group, as a team. They don't make enough plays for each other. And, you know, realistically, like you need that in any sort of team sport. And that's a disappointing thing because it's not necessarily things that they can't control. Obviously, in terms of talent, this is not a contender. Mm-hmm. But in terms of talent, they're good enough to be in the playoff race. They're good enough to even be outside of the the play-in competition. I mean, even right now with the way that right? they've been struggling, but, they're they're like a three-game win streak away from being in the play-in. Yeah, for sure. They're they're two point five games out of the fifth best lottery position, mm-hmm. and they're also two point five games back of eighth place in the Eastern Conference. Right. But the issue is they shouldn't even have to be asking themselves this question if they committed to each other as a team. And that's where to me it's just so disappointing. That's within their own control. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's tough too when you have this collection and it's, you know, you talk about the contracts that are coming up and we were talking about role definition at the start of this season too. I feel like a lot of those things just never kind of coalesce for them. Like like all the issues that I think we pointed out at the start of the season that like could be issues like mm-hmm. did end up becoming that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, four days left till the deadline. Like, I mean, I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't do anything at this point. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Like I don't feel like I feel like the front office should have a pretty accurate assessment of where this team is at. And I don't think, I really don't think you can go past Thursday with just even just minor moves. Yeah. I mean, that's where I I expect at least one of the starters to be moved, maybe two. But I mean, I I think the question to me is like not what they can do this season. Cause I think even if they quote unquote turn it around and they have this like, for some reason, they start playing together as a team and everyone buys into their roles and plays as hard as they can and no one gets hurt. Like, they're a first-round exit, mm-hmm. like, at best this yeah. season, at best. And that that's, like, the, you know, if everything goes right from right. here on, on forward. Um, but I think the question is, like, is there a long-term future to this core? 
right? Mm-hmm. Like I think last year when we thought about the core, it was sort of the core four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was Scotty, OG, Fred, Pascal, right? I wouldn't say there are four core guys on the team anymore. Um, obviously, Gary has sort of like maybe at times been a core five and, and drawn, jumped in in and out. But to be honest, it's, it's kind of he is what he is. He's a good player for sure, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, at the same time, when you look at some of the plays in terms of, like, you know, do they make plays for each other? Gary's the one guy that really stands out as, like, mm-hmm. doesn't really help others on defense and doesn't help each other on offense. Clearly, he's very good on offense and finishing plays, but that's a different um, aspect of the game. Um, that's where the front office really has to look at it. Is there a future for this core as a four? And whether that's a personality fit, whether that's, like, the fact that on an encore fit, I don't think anyone that has, like, significant issues with each other um, I know there's been a lot of speculation on that front. I don't think that that's the case. However, I think the the, the simple fact is, like, is there a future with this specific core? And if there isn't, then you really have to make the decisions. Um, and, yeah, I'm definitely on the camp that, like, you take a step back this year. Mm-hmm. You, you know, get a good pick for this year. You develop some of your younger uh, pieces. You don't overextend some of your starters. Like, look how tired Pascal is. Like, there's just... It, it sucks because, like, back-to-back seasons, we've seen all-star level play from Pascal and then also for Fred. And by the time it got to this point in the season, they are already burnt out. Yeah. Right? Back-to-back no, back seasons. Think, yeah, that's a really good point because, like, Fred was pushing and had such a good first half of last season. Yeah. And you saw the way he just broke down, right? Yes. Broke down in the second half and in the playoffs as well. I do think, yeah, I do think that's one of the main things, too, aside from just, like, looking at which starter you're going to trade and, like, mm-hmm. the core group. Like, the depth thing just has to get addressed at at this point like it's yeah. just not like whichever starters you move forward with like i just don't think you can be playing the, the 36 37 38 minutes yeah well no it, it catches up to you like yes of course you can squeeze out some results doing that right and of course there have been games this season where the raptors specifically won because nick was willing to play his starters 40 minutes and the other mm-hmm. team was only playing like 32 33 right and of course that's going to change but however what the raptors like you really only have like seven guys when everyone's fully healthy that you can consistently turn to. Mm-hmm. Maybe seven and a half because Chris is more of a half. Although Chris on this road trip was very good. So mm-hmm. you want to give him some credit. But on the season, he's reliable half the time, right? But the seven guys are the starting five when everyone's healthy, which is Fred, Gary, OG, Scotty, Pascal. And then you have, you know, Precious off the bench, right? Um, I would say Thad is actually fairly reliable, but they don't really use him that much. Yeah. Um, but when he does play, like yesterday, for example, when he played, I was like, okay, all right, that you can use that. You can use mm-hmm. him in a pick and roll. You can use him in the post. You know, he helps with the ball movement. He makes unselfish plays. He's defensively not good because he's old and you can't really play him on the perimeter because mm-hmm. he doesn't have the foot speed and you can't really play him at center because obviously he's not challenging and changing any shots. But, like, you know, he makes team plays. I actually find him reliable. The thing is, like, how do you manage that to be something that's actually functional? And, of course, if you sustain any injuries here or there, who can step up? Um, and that's where the bench, you know, it's it's been disappointing. Like, I've really wanted to see in the last two seasons one of Malachi or Delano really take that mantle as the third guard because mm-hmm. that's so clearly a, a huge weakness to me. Um, if the bench group has one guy who can drive them forward, I think they can be good. I think Chris can be good in his role. Thack can be good in his role. All these guys can be good in their role if they had one guy who can carry them forward. We saw that last night with Scotty propelling them forward. But who is that guy consistently off the bench that does that? They don't have that, right? And it's I, I suppose it should be Malachi or Delano. But Delano's been really rusty coming off of injury. When he did play against Houston, it was really, really terrible and didn't play again. And then when Malachi has played, he's been a defensive liability a lot of times. Otherwise, he's been okay at catch-and-shoot threes. He's obviously was really hot for a while, then he got really cold for a while. 
But the thing is, overall, the playmaking just isn't really there with him, and that's where you need more of anything than from a third guard, and that's where you you have needed to see the front office go outside of the organization to bring that player in for the last two seasons, whether that's at the trade deadline last year, whether that was an offseason last year, whether that was the offseason this past year, and they haven't really done that, right? And, of course, that's when you see the overextension for some of the guys on the roster, right? Pascal has to play a ton, mm-hmm. and he has to carry the bench group, or Scotty has to really take over and carry the bench group, or Fred has to really take over and carry the bench group. We've even seen Gary plus bench, which doesn't really make sense to me because he doesn't make plays for others, but ultimately, like, that shouldn't be a responsibility that falls on them. They need to get somebody off the bench. That's been clear for like two summers. Like I think last year, if you check the date at the, the show that we did on February 6th, we probably said the exact same thing. We need a third guard because Malachi and Delano aren't it. Yeah, we've been talking about that, talking about addressing the center position. And, you know, I do think that that's been the biggest flaw of the front office. And like maybe that's the one one thing you might regret when you see the team kind of get pulled apart this week is like what this would have looked like with the starting lineup, but with some depth. Um so who do you think, who do you think, if you were predict, to, to predict, is uh, is moving this week? Um, I mean, who knows, right? Like, honestly, like, who knows, really? You you do see a lot of like speculation at this time. I'm sure some people talk to the Raptors front office directly. Other people are mostly going off of what other front offices have said, mm-hmm. uh, which is usually agenda driven um and then also what agents have said which can also be agenda driven at times because i don't even think agents are fully filled in on what the front office want to do at this time but you do hear a lot of reports um and the reports are that you know yeah og is probably the most likely to be moved on the on the team and when you look at og the only thing with og is just like obviously he's very important he's definitely a contributor to winning but when you're making a trade it's like who can you get back first off and you can clearly tell that OG will bring you back quite a bit if you choose to move him. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing too is, do you have someone to replace him? And that's where with Precious, even though they're very different types of players, Precious has done a really good job replacing him in the starting group. And you could say that Precious has done a good job replacing in the past, like, I don't know, we've seen him replace Fred in the starting group or him replace Gary in the starting group. Maybe Precious is just a good starter mm-hmm. um, who should probably get that position regardless. Um, but I think in particular with OG, like you you can see that when you put Precious into the starting group, he can contribute. His The rebounding of the team improves. The shot blocking of the team improves. As good as OG is on the wing, like so much of a modern basketball, the reason why so many centers win the defensive player of the year is because centers, especially helping at the rim, is going to change so much for you defensively than a shutdown wing player, especially because teams aren't playing one-on-one anymore. They can just screen and get a switch and move him off. Um, and that's where, like, you do see with, with Precious, even though he's not a true center, he can affect a lot of shots at the basket, help you with the rebounding, help you with the physicality down low. You know, there is a case to be made there and that he already deserves to start. Um, and so, yeah, when you f- put in all those factors together, like, it probably is OG that's odd man out. I'd still keep my eye on Gary, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not fully convinced that the Raptors are just like, oh, yeah, we, we've completely turned it around and, and we buy into him because they – didn't ever seem like they were like so high on him in the first place um and then obviously there's rumors around fred i mean i think that's the the Kyrie thing which we'll talk about in the second half of the break is that like yeah he got moved but i think one of the things with the Kyrie trade is just like it showed that there is a really robust market for point guards and obviously Kyrie is one of the most skilled point guards of all time and so there's going to be value based on his skill but i think it clearly shows to me that la both teams in la want a point guard mm-hmm. upgrade um or just straight up a point guard, period. And then also Phoenix is really desperate for a point guard. So there is a robust point guard market if you are looking to move Fred. But, yeah, I mean, who knows what, what which team will be here on Thursday. Um, I'm curious to see it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, as, as for the current product in its current form, it's weak. That's all I'm trying to say. I've been saying no, this for, you've for, been, for months on this, but no, it's weak. You've been so people bang- might want to see changes just to see something different. You know? You've been banging the drum on the consumer thing, and you know you've been absolutely correct. It's it's um it's hard to watch this team right now. Mm. It's really hard. But thankfully, there's only one more game until the trade deadline, and apparently Bobby Webster is going to be speaking tomorrow doing yeah. his little pre-trade deadline thing. What when did I they believe. say? Uh, I don't know. I've just heard through the grapevine. Yeah. Really? This guy yeah. got first sources on <laughs> no, the media no. schedule? <laughs> yeah, Why can't you just text that... Josh and ask, man? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Let's text him and ask right now. Try to, yeah, let me let me text him during the break. Okay. But yeah, no, we'll, um, we have a lot of just trade rumor, roundup and stuff because mm-hmm. um, there is not a lot of Raptors stuff on court to yeah. uh, break down right now. Fair enough. Okay, we're going to take that break. I mean, your host, Willu, that's Alex One. You're listening to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge the most opinionated maple leaf show out there real kipper and born be sure to subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts welcome back to the raptor show on the sports Night radio network i'm your host Wayne Malou. continue to be joined by producer and co-host alex wong finally we're able to talk about uh trade deadline <laughs> stuff which is what everyone wants to talk about really yeah yeah the games right now are just kind of like a, a distraction from it's the a, trade deadline it's a downer right now man um yeah. on to better news you know Kyrie irving mm. got well he requested his trade on friday this literally happened like when we were talking Bro, to Gary Trent Sr. I'm so happy. We finally had a trade yeah. saga that only lasted a day and a half. <laughs> literally Friday afternoon, Kyrie's yeah. like, yo, the, the the extension talks with Brooklyn didn't really work out. Mm. I want to trade. And by Sunday, mm. lunchtime on Sunday, yeah. he's gone. Yeah, Sean Marks and Josiah, you know, gathered all the offers over the weekend. Yeah. And I was actually listening. Once again, I was in bed listening yeah. to a hashtag this league uncut oh, with Mark Stein and Chris Haynes. Uh, do you leave the phone on the pillow beside you? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Yo, that's, no, that's and, and I have one AirPod in because I need to sleep. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So anyways, okay. you know, All this right. time of year, I love consuming my pods. And, you know, apparently they huddled up at 5 in the morning on Sunday. And basically just went through all the offers mm. and decided that they were going to go with the Dallas offer. So the trade was uh, Kyrie and Markeith Morris to Dallas for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, DFS, mm. DF West better. Yeah, DF West uh, 2027 uh, second round pick, an unprotected 2029 first round pick, and also a second round pick in that year. All uh, the 2020, so Kyrie really got <laughs> traded for a 12-year-old. So the 2029 pick is, is 12 right now. So all things considered, like, I don't know. I saw I saw a lot of people being like, oh, both teams lost a trade. Uh-huh. I feel like all things considered, like, Brooklyn made out okay if you just look at this in isolation. If you look at it as a whole based on what they had to give up for Harden and then what they had to trade Harden for, mm. all this stuff, like, it's not worked out for them. Like, they literally have one of their vibes guys uh, like Spencer Dinwiddie, who was part of the last iteration of the Nets, yeah. back with them. 
But considering that he was Kyrie wanted out, like this is, I don't think this is a bad return for for the Nets. Um, it's hard to say because you you do get a lot of like, okay, other teams offered this, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting to me because like you only had like a day to gather together your your best offer. Mm-hmm. So um, I suppose that this was the best one that they liked. Yeah. Did you want? Do you want to hear the other offers that are? Yeah. Being what were the other reported? offers? So so first of all, with the caveat that it's been reported by Mark Stein and, and Chris Haynes confirmed too that Josai uh, very much did not want Kyrie to get his preferred destination mm. of going to the Lakers. So shouts I mean, to Joe on that. Um, I mean, I'm actually, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of hard. I first I don't know if I fully believe that. Because I've seen Josai bend over for these guys all the time. So it's not like uh, Josai get... is now just being like, you know, screw you. I'm going to have my way and, and nothing else. He had um, to get one small W at the end. But apparently the Lakers yeah. offered uh, their two first round picks that we've talked about. The 2027 okay. and 2029. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook's contract to make work. And what the Nets did was go back to the Lakers and say that they would also want Austin Reeves and Max Christie. Mm. And I believe they wanted a couple of more pick swaps as well. Yeah. So I think they were just doing it in a way, like, not actively not trading them there, but really just asking for, like, everything. I mean... Which, by the way, like, Austin Reeves and Max, Max Christie, if that's everything... Like, that's, that's not a lot of yeah. everything. Um, this is tough. I, I think, to me, the only regret here is not being able to see Westbrook play with KD again. I know they're, like, kind of squashed the beef, but it would be mad awkward to see it. No, KD would have been moved by today. Well, I think that would have been great. Yeah. Um, and also the Clippers reportedly offered Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, a future first and two pick swaps for Kyrie. These I, are like pretty sizable offers when you consider the picks. Yeah, I don't know because these are all what I would call half a, a Rudy Gobert. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's that's not fair. even half of a Rudy Gobert trade here. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, the thing with Terrence Mann, I mean, I understand that people are excited about him. Um, he, he's low key twenty six. He's right. like a Jeff Down low key twenty six. Mm. Jeff you know? Down's twenty six. Yeah, right. Super right. low key, right? So, mm. uh, by the way, big three by Jeff Down over the weekend. I was watching Raptors nine on five basketball. I was waiting for the one eleven uh, oh, okay. bus at, at Kipling Station. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so I happened to whip out my phone and, and watch nine on five game. Just so happened in the fourth quarter. And by the way, the Mobley family is now zero for five against the Raptors this season. Oh, okay. Because so Isaiah Mobley was on the Canton charge. And they lost back-to-back games against the 905. But yeah, so we have that to hang on to. Sure, yeah, we're five and zero against Mobleys. No, because that that that, uh, big, that big three by Jeff Down though. That Clippers offer was interesting because mm. uh, Zach Lowe did say on on the low post on Friday that the the Raptors basically won't. And again, he's he's saying this. This is his gut uh, based on talking to mm. execs because he didn't yeah. want to get aggregated. But here you are, Zach. Um, that the the Clippers can't get Fred without including Terrence Mann. In a trade, mm. so I wonder, like, if that's the trade offer for Kyrie, and yeah. if these are some of the trade offers out there that that teams are willing to put out for Kyrie, what that might look like for for Fred. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably fairly similar um, in terms of just the fact that those are going to be the teams involved, mm-hmm. and those are pretty much the assets that they have to work with. But like that Clippers deal wouldn't get you excited to to make a deal i'm just not that thrilled with terrence man i mean like again what about the draft picks though the draft capital that you're getting back a lot of these draft capitals we're talking about like 2027 sure you know obviously the clippers made a lot of their uh, picks um available in the uh the deal to get you know the original sin as it were to get Kawhi and pg right right yeah so they're still paying for that um Mm -hmm. so we gotta literally get their picks after um okc has gotten (laughs) all their picks now it's wild um 
So that wasn't thrilling me. I think probably, you know, if you were to move Fred, I mean, you probably will look for more immediate pieces where I think Phoenix has probably more of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I maybe look in that direction. Like, again, like you do see the Raptors, like you, know, you do hear whispers of like, okay, they like DeAndre Ayton, for example. We've seen that reported a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, maybe can you make a move there, right? And, of course, the, the pieces, you know, you would use are probably more of your tangible pieces. Like, I I mean, I don't even know if that's a great return. Um, but, I mean, to me, it's just like if you're trading Fred, like how are you going to replace some of the things that Fred brings you, right, which is the fact that you need three-point shooting on the team. Mm-hmm. You need ball handling and creation on the team. Um, like, are you going to be able to return something that – at least potentially replaces some aspect of that. Maybe I'm not even asking for all of those. Because they would literally not have a point guard. I mean, they would technically have guys who play point. And listen, and whatever. If the Raptors want to go into more of this, like, only forwards thing, I get it, right? Um, (laughs) They got to change their logo to only forwards. (laughs) Um, But, like, even if you do that, you still need people who can shoot the basketball Mm -hmm. on the team, right? And, And when you watch these games, it's so clear. Like, the Raptors have been playing with two shooters recently. Um, with with OG going down, right? And typically yeah. only have three. If you're going to trade one or two or three of these at the deadline, can we at least have one shooter back in return? Like, we might see the Raptors, like, make less than 10 threes a game on average mm-hmm. going forward if this is what the roster is going to be, right? Yeah, so, so it'll be the same as before the I'd deadline. be looking for at least a... At least, at least one shooter in return, just yeah. just for the yeah. watchability of the game. Again, I'm so concerned about it. You know, you want a you want a shooter and a point guard. May I interest you in a, a Chris Paul? Apparently, Chris Paul is a, mm. very available right now. It's reported by Chris Haynes, right, that the Suns offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and draft picks for Kyrie, which is really the most interesting one to me. I think we've heard that you know the I think because they have a new owner coming in. Mm. Uh, Matt Ishbia, and apparently he's going to be taking over this week, yeah. like before the deadline. Sure. And, you know, new owners always try to make, you know, a big move. You saw in Minnesota, as they did with Rudy Gobert. Mm. And it does seem like now there's more and more noise that they're ready to move on from CP. Like, to put CP on the table for yeah. Kyrie is a pretty big move. No, I think Chris Paul is still a productive player, a player who um, is pretty good. I mean, obviously, he, he's good. I mean, we saw him playing against the Raptors. He was, he was a... Uh, a pain to play against both games. Mm-hmm. Um, one, the one they lost in Toronto. He had a lot of turnovers in that game. The second time, I thought him running the point uh, pick and roll was really good. Obviously, this is we're talking about the point guard here. I mean, he's he's old, but he can still play. Uh, I think it's just like you can't rely on him to be your first or second option. Like he's probably in the Kyle Lowry stage of his career. When remember when Lowry won the championship with Toronto? Like he was like. Sometimes the second option. Clearly, Kawhi was the number one option. Mm. Um, Pascal, I think, in terms of scoring, was the number two option, right? And then you had other guys who stepped up at certain times, right? Even Fred, I thought, you know, in the Golden State series or in the Bucks series, he was definitely one of their top few options as well. Um, Kyle was able to pick his spots more and more distribute and, and play in a in a role like that, and I think that's the role that he needs to find. To be honest, he could kind of do that in Phoenix if they got more upgrades, but they have no other, like, recourse to improve their roster. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah, he's getting older. And, um, yeah, I mean, if they can get Fred to – if they like Fred as their future point guard, then, you know, there, there's conversations to be had between Toronto and Phoenix, I think. Yeah, I think Cam Johnson's probably the player that everybody's looking at in terms of if you do – Another guy who's low-key 26. Yeah. Man. I'm not to say that 26 year olds, you know, you're, you're done and you're set, but, like – No, I, I get it. It's different than getting, like, a 21, 20 – two-year-old type prospect I'm, I'm, do, I'm down with cam by the way i like him no me he's, too he's i think yeah. i think especially if you're thinking about all the talk is just that they're gonna try to turn the page and build around like scotty right 
Like if you want to get players more in that age range, you're probably looking to accumulate more guys that are in like the Scotty and, and Precious as well, right? Sure. So, so, sure. But I yeah, think no, my, my thinking with that, and just to take a quick sidebar in mm-hmm. terms of like shifting towards a Scotty based timeline, is yep. I want to see Scotty like take over like that in the fourth quarter, but on a consistent basis. Sure. And that's not to say I want him to score 13 points a quarter because he'd be, you know, the best player in the league. Um, but what I mean is uh, like that intention, that willingness to sort of like attack and drive is, is to me like something that I just need to see on a consistent basis, right? Not like kind of picking and choosing his spots, but like can he do that all the time? Is he willing to do it all the time? Is that his disposition to do it all the time? Because mm-hmm. right now when you have other guys on the team, like and maybe you could say that like, okay, he's fading in and out of these games because he has other guys on the team to sort of like turn the reins over to. Um, or the grab the reins from, but at the same time, it's like you you do not see that kind of consistent effort all the time. And not effort in terms of like he's not playing hard because he really is of late. Mm-hmm. But I mean like that impetus to attack and create and generate offense, and um, that's what I want to see more of. Like I think you know one of the other things I noted in my piece was just like Scotty on the team right now is fourth in terms of drives per game, and this is very much like a Nick Nurse wants you to drive the t- the ball into the paint and then make a play from there. Right? That's like. The offense is actually fairly simple when you really think about it. Um, and so Scotty's averaging 5.8 drives per game. Mm-hmm. That's fourth on the team. It's only one more drive per game than Gary, who is actually making a decent number of his drives. They just end up being shots in the mid-range, but still he's able to drive. Uh, OG averages more drives. And, and then Pascal and Fred. Pascal's at over 15 drives per game, and Fred's at 14 drives per game. So that's more than double. In some cases, almost triple what Scotty does. Mm. And it's like, okay, you might be able to move on of those guys and give all those drives to Scotty, but I need to be convinced that he will take all those right. extra opportunities. Because when you even look at league-wide, Scotty's like 113th in drives per game. And that's not the only factor I'm looking at, but especially in this offense with Nick Nurse running it, you do need to see your player drive the ball repeatedly over and over and over again. And so I just want to see that, you know, willingness first. On a consistent basis, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's interesting too, and this is something that the front office has to think about as well. Is like you know, depending on which players you move this week, like like what kind of role Scotty's going to play in the offense moving forward. Like just depending on the mix of the team. Yeah, back to the Kyrie thing. So mm. Kyrie and KD ended up playing just 74 games together during their. Think like four seasons hasn't been four years already yeah because <laughs> yeah, they signed after the raps won the championship yeah so this would be their fourth season right Fifth? yeah yeah fourth season fourth season yeah yeah i was actually shocked at that number i knew it wasn't very high mm-hmm. but 74 is pretty ridiculous well, and you think about like a month ago they were playing so well moving up the standings like even an outside chance of maybe even getting a one seed or two seed the vibes were different people were like wow look at Jacques Vaughn his beard is going from gray to black (laughs) like it was like everything was healing in in Nets land and of course Kyrie's like yeah no I mean in this case like what did the Nets really think like if they really wanted to keep it rolling they needed to sign Kyrie and it seemed like Kyrie was willing to stay they just weren't willing to offer him that the contract that he wanted yeah but do you put that against them though based on just like how self-destructive Kyrie has been right it's literally a month-to-month okay. thing here's the thing if you want to keep maximize this current window with Brooklyn you needed to give him that contract and worry about that later clearly you could trade him later right there wasn't like a situation I think where that's fair you know uh, oh, oh you know LA next year is gonna be like oh yeah we're gonna say no to Kyrie it's mm-hmm. like Kyrie's already done all this and then Dallas is like I'll put my hand up I'll take him LA's like I'll take him the other LA teams like I'll take him Phoenix is like I'll take him right so there's no like actual thing that I guess he could do beyond this um that could make it even more toxic so he was like yeah teams are willing to bet on that talent so from brooklyn's perspective you sign up to a longer term deal and then you worry about it later because you need to maximize this current season 
And instead, now there's another going to be another net season where it's going to be very, very questionable. Yeah, and it does it does make me wonder. I mean, Bobby Marks was saying that most likely if KD's going to be available, it'll be in the summer, not over the next four days. <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> but honestly, who knows with Brooklyn, it's man? been pretty quiet on, on, on the KD front. Yeah, because he's been injured. Like, Stephen A. Smith did say on a first take, by the way, we're just rounding up all the rumors yeah, sure, this week. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, he, he said he said this morning on first take that, uh, quote, by the way, I'm hearing that KD's on the verge of potentially being moved. Really? Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've all been speculating about that, that he may be moved. I'm hearing Boston is making some calls. No, man. Keep an on. eye on I'd be Jaylen. so sick. Keep, an eye on, keep your eye on Jalen Brown. Keep your eye on that. Really? Well, I guess that was the rumor in the offseason, but... That would, that would really be hashtag this league, though. If KD goes to Boston <laughs> this week... That's kind of sick. That's actually that would be a that'd be a nice deal. I mean, this goes back to the summer though, because I think you know that was one of the proposed trades that was mentioned, like with with the Celtics trade, yeah. Jalen Brown for KD. But the Celtics denied that. Of course, I mean, what, of course sure. they would deny that, but still. Man, I feel like if you're Boston, you make that move. Do you make that move? You Man. KD is under contract for like three more years. Look how good Jalen Brown already is, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not as good as KD. But, but are like, we doing the thing? Ninety percent as good as KD at the current moment. Are we doing the thing where we're underrating KD again? No, we're we're not. Okay, but because is there a way he can find his way to Toronto? I guess the situation has really changed here. No, no, no. I mean, I think during last, the summer it, we were like what one piece away. During the summer, it was like, look, we have a great culture here. We just won forty-eight <laughs> games. Here's some young pieces. We'll make it happen to you, and it made sense potentially then. Right yeah. now. I don't think teams are like I don't think players are like oh let me let me get my way to Toronto like that's not happening because of the fact that you know, this whole season happened so should have made it in the summer uh yeah. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer mm. um said that one of the teams Brooklyn has been most connected to is the Raptors okay All who right. have had trade talks with multiple teams involving Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi interesting yeah I don't buy the Pascal stuff I really don't Think, I'd be very surprised if Pascal uh, got moved in like, the deadline. Like you mentioned, this time of year, it's like, you know, there's a difference between just, like, having conversations. Yeah, sure, like, sure. I, I think it's fair for the front office to just have no, conversations. No, but, like, what, what could Brooklyn have offered for Pascal? Yeah. Like, obviously, we weren't taking Kyrie. KD wasn't really on the table. I mean, if KD's on the table for Pascal, I'm sorry, Pascal, but we'd have to make some moves. But, yeah. like, it's... I, I don't really see the fit. I mean, especially if they were going to use the rest of their assets to try to spin it to Pascal, like... I suppose it'd be Ben Simmons. Like, no, there's no way. I, we should ride in Toronto if the, if the Messiah traded oh, Pascal for uh, Ben Simmons. Next, next uh, from KOC. Uh huh. Yeah. The Raptors had interest in Simmons in 2021 when the 76ers were shopping him. Oh yeah, we know that. Though Scotty Barnes's emergence would make Simmons a strange fit, as they're both non-shooters. Bro, I, I said this he on does, the show. He does count as a buy low, high value. Buy low. Target. The value is low. <laughs> That's not a buy low. The, the no, this is a Costco dropped, giveaway man. right Yesterday's now. Yesterday's price is not today's price. What would you do if Ben Simmons was a Raptor uh, by the end of this week? Oh, man. <laughs> How would you handle that? I'd give, uh, I'd give Ben Simmons a number to my therapist. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm serious. But Bobby Marks uh, did say today that uh, this was the funniest report, that Ben Simmons has zero trade value around the league, which I don't think is any surprise. He's, it's, it's a real question mark he, to trade for Ben. He's owed $80 million the next two seasons, by the way. I'm not even worried about his, his yeah. money necessarily. I'm yeah. worried about, like, is he able to perform right now? Oh, man. I really want to know what KD's thinking right now. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's a hard note to Simmons, though. My goodness. No, the Pascal thing. The last thing we need is another 6'9 forward who can't shoot. Man. The 6... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the Pascal thing, like, 
I think even if he were to be available, like I'm with you, like I don't think Brooklyn even comes close to having the best offer at all. Like if you're looking at teams yeah. who, who yeah. might be interested. I agree. But the OG thing, I mean, if Brooklyn really is committed to trying to make more moves and, and trying to win around KD this year, could they find a way to, to get a deal done for, for OG? I just don't know what they would be offering on the way back, though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't like who on either. the who but on Brooklyn the Nets? Brooklyn is just not a team that is flush with talent. Like I'm sorry, like they have like win now pieces, which I don't really think fit the Raptors. Mm-hmm. They have, I don't even know, like Nick Claxton. Would you? I mean, they wouldn't move Nick Claxton for OG. Or it like makes no Cam sense. Thomas. And I don't. I mean, Nick Claxton for OG is interesting, I suppose, but only interesting in the sense that Nick Claxton has really taken a leap. And if you really buy into this is what he is going forward. Then of course you 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 think about that, but yeah, I don't know, I doubt it. I think there are other ways to to move OG. I I think like we literally spent last week talking about OG trading and being traded and stuff like that, and I think I'd much rather have those conversations with Memphis or Phoenix. Yeah, although Memphis watching some of those guys up close, I'm like, yeah, I know it wasn't the greatest game from their bench, but man, that's a lot of six points, three points on that bench. You're not interested in uh, Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark. I'm good. All right, Clark maybe, Clark maybe, Clark maybe. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. What about Fred for 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 Brooklyn? There's been some chatter about that too that he could fit there, but I just yeah. Again, who do you want for yeah, Brooklyn? Yeah, I just don't Like give me KD or or we don't have a conversation, man. Man. Man, you can, you can have Auto Porter for Utah Watanabe. Which obviously they wouldn't say yes to right now. Yeah. No, I think I mean, it'd be pretty wild if if KD is on the move this week. Yeah, like like is Cam Thomas moving you? No, it's not for me, man. I'm good. Yeah, I just don't know what the what there is there. Um, from uh, from the Hoop Collective, Tim, uh, the Tim, best pod out there, Tim the McMahon, best NBA pod in the world. Uh, shouts to Pound the Rock. Um, Tim like McMahon, an- uh, said that that the Magic are ready to throw a bag at Fred VanVleet this summer. Okay, yeah. So I, th- I think I think we know that. And also, I be surprised. Portland apparently is in a buy now mode. Oh, and which wow, I don't particularly understand but i guess they're kind of in with trying to build a winner around dame that's it that's that's what that's but, that's the whole thing and that you know they could be in the market if og is available but the offer the raptors would um want shade and sharp which is i guess well, that's a this? fair deal I mean, yeah which is i don't know if necessarily i would do that because i think with shade and sharp it's much more like potential right now we haven't seen enough obviously he didn't really play in college um, you know, barely even has enough of a high school sample to go off of, but you can also watch him in the in the moments and the highlights you've seen him, and it's like, wow, there's clearly a lot of talent and flashes here, but that consistent production hasn't really translated yet. Obviously, he's a rookie with with a lot of like lack of experience, so you're not expecting him to just jump in and dominate. Um, but yeah, that's that's more of a question mark for me. And honestly, if that's if that's a deal that Toronto liked, why didn't they just do that in the off season, like in, in the draft? They had the chance to do it. I guess, like you said, circumstances have changed. Yeah, even like Dyson Daniels from New Orleans, for example, like he was picked after mm-hmm. Sharp. So if they liked Daniels that much, they could have made that move at that time as well. Yeah, and the like, I mean, the Lakers swap now doesn't look as as appealing because they're both kind of just the same in the standings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not sure what happens there too. Um, LeBron, by the way, uh, tweeted, "Maybe it's me mm. <laughs> after." <laughs> After the Kyrie trade. He is really in, like, he's trapped in a, a prison of his own making, really, in L.A., you know? Like a retirement home of his own making. Like, he he chose to move all the pieces out for AD, which obviously <laughs> Yeah, he did the dampering, which he yeah. literally had the whole agency and everything together. Like, him and Le- 
LeBron and Clutch like really made everything happen, built his team, won mm-hmm. one chip in the mm-hmm. t- in the bubble. Yeah. And ever since then, he's been living with the consequences. <laughs> like, yeah, Rich of course, Paul, he also Rich made Paul. the trade for Westbrook, which was not smart. But Rich yeah. Paul was with Adele yesterday at the at the Grammys. I saw and, that. Yeah, and it looked uh, he looked very distracted. I think LeBron was just texting him the whole time, being like, "Yo, you better come over after this is done. No partying tonight." Yo, imagine we need to being, find a point guard. No one, no one in the world was needed more than Rich Paul <laughs> was last night because yeah. you literally have Adele. At the Grammys, like it's a huge thing. Like your fo- entire focus yeah. should just be as a partner in that moment. But of course, it's also literally trade that line. This guy probably got a hundred players in the league, or I mean, a hundred, fifty players in the league, <laughs> and they're like, "Yo, what's uh, what's going on?" He's yeah. like, "Yo, I can't." What if the Lakers? I'm literally at the Grammys. What if the Lakers offer those two, um, the seventh grader and the ninth grader picks, <laughs> and you can make the money work, and they and for Fred and Gary. Ah oh, man, I mean, what if they you just really all- have to believe that the Lakers will have nothing, just absolutely nothing in those years, and maybe they won't. Maybe the Lakers are just going to be the seven. I think they would have moved on. Yeah, from like LeBron, they probably would have signed another set of stars, and you know, tried to be competitive at that time because the Lakers are not really a team that's going to like actively tank that much. Although they did in in advance of AD, so because I think the Lakers are I under pressure know, to do something. Because I don't know if you can just hand Bron a Rui Hachimura as your upgrade can't you get more for fred and gary in separate deals and flipping them both to the lakers what if they just offer one of those picks for for gary that would be great yeah i mean that's that's i guess it really depends I, on how you value those picks you don't seem to be valuing those picks uh, in the seventh grade yeah no man that's, uh, that's, that's lebron scouting scotty barnes in the seventh grade by the way no but, you don't seem like you value those picks Maybe as much as like people around. I don't the think that even the league is going to value the picks that much. <laughs> seventh grade. All right, so so no no deal to that. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'd rather get multiple pieces, and that's the thing too. I, I'd love to see the Raptors add some depth around it. Like I'd love to see like a two for one trade, a three for one. You want trade. players back, not just like picks I want players down the and line. picks back. But ultimately, that that can turn into three players rather than just one player straight up, yeah. or like one pick straight up. So well, three more days. Can't wait. We Can't wait it. for more trade deadline talk. Yeah, we um, did it. Yeah, okay. We're 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 done for today. I've been your host Willu, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. A reminder: We're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel, and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from two to three p.m. By the way, on Thursday, during the trade deadline itself, we will be on air from two to four because we will be extending our show to cover the trade deadline. So check us out then, of course. And uh, in the meantime, thanks to producer Goals, Alex Wong. Thanks to our board producer, Derek Brandale and Jennifer Owen for helping us with the YouTube stream. And we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.